Greetings, and thank you for checking out this sermon from Kingdom Life Community Church in Morrison, Illinois. If you'd like more information about our church, go to kingdomlife.global. And now, here is the sermon from our pastor, Steve Harmon. All right, repeat after me. I'm a child of God. The Father loves me. The Father forgives me. And the Father wants me. I am his, and he is mine. Because of that, my past won't haunt me. The future doesn't scare me, because in his presence, it's where I live. Amen. You may be seated. All right, we're going to do something a little different. You got the good, good. Okay, so um, there seems to be a theme going on. Uh, this morning, and it's an unplanned theme, which is really cool because it makes me believe that this is a God thing. So obviously, we're coming to the end of 2021, um, and we are, you know, 2019 towards the end was um, the beginning of, we started hearing about COVID-19. In case you didn't know, that's where COVID-19 gets its name, 2019, okay, just catching up here. And so um, there's a... uh, and then it really broke out, you know, we started hearing a lot more of it in December, and then March came along, and shutdowns, and all that different kinds of stuff, and so um, it's been, to say the least, different. Uh, I think we would all agree about that. It's been um, trying. Um, it's been hard, heavy, and we've suffered loss. And so it's not to deny that we haven't gone through some of those things. But what I want to do is I want to take a few minutes, and I, would, I wonder, Ben has a, a microphone, and I just want to take a few minutes. I wonder if anybody has a testimony of the blessing of the Lord during this time, what God has done for you. It's not a time to preach. Just tell me a little bit of what you've experienced about the goodness of God during this. Okay, one back there, Ben. You've probably already heard this, but for visitors, um, if you're here and don't know me, I learned all of my neighbors' names, and it's a large, is it four blocks or more? Cul-de-sac, I mean most of them, I should say. So the large percentage, and I mean it's transformed my world. I have neighbors, I mean, I. I had no one to borrow a cup of sugar from, and now I have dozens. So praise the Lord. It it was a good thing. Anybody else? Slip your hand up. Okay. Well, she's getting over there. You know, they used to live in the country, and all these people just showed up, and they became their neighbors. (laughs) Just kidding. I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a happy and a healthy New Year. And my year has, I had foot surgery in July and I am still in recovery, but I was in a terrible accident. Mike and I were in a terrible accident two years ago. So I've been struggling with pain, but I, my foot has been reconstructed and I am healing. And so that's why we spent our winters in Arizona, so I can get out and about 
and <laughs> be with friends and be more mobile. But I praise God for the healing, and I am still a healing process. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? He healed me from COVID. He did. That's right. Amen. One more. Anybody else? Okay, in the back, Julie. I've got a couple of things. I've got a lot of things, actually, to be very, very grateful for. <laughs> um, number one, I thank God that he brought my husband home safely yeah. after COVID. Amen. And I want to thank everybody in here because I know you are all praying for him. And um, last week, we turned in his oxygen tank. He hasn't been on oxygen for about three weeks now. <laughs> And also, I, um, I want to thank the Lord that yesterday for Christmas, my whole family was together. My dad, who is 98 years old, is, he's, he's vaccinated, but he's deathly afraid of COVID. And he wasn't going to come. Um, and um, my sister, through a, a series of coincidences, <laughs> my sister uh, convinced him to come yesterday. So. My whole family, my 98-year-old dad, all the way down to all of my uh, goddaughters and, and their significant others were there yesterday for Christmas, and it was such a blessing. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good. Yeah, okay, one more right down here. Right here. Hello, good morning, everybody. Um, I stepped out, so I'm assuming we're doing testimonies or... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just want to say that the Upper Room Dance Ministries is going so good, and I just thank God for that because it's just uh, the world has taken dance, kind of the devil's trying to take it for him, and uh, thank you to Kingdom Life Ministries that you guys opened up that room for mm -hmm. us and you allowed us to use that so that dance ministry can be taught. It's just it's done a lot for um, a lot of the girls and boys that... Um, come every t Monday and Tuesday night to dance and I see a lot of dancers still in here so if your kid um, loves to dance I encourage you to sign them up where they can dance in the Lord um, here and Ben you've been a blessing like making sure that you know the church is open and heated and clean and that all that and texting me and stuff and I'm just asked that God would bless you guys for blessing us and blessing these kids because I think it's bigger than what we know, yeah. and um, I'm just so thankful for that, and that is a testimony in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You may wonder, we don't do that very often on a Sunday morning, and, and, uh, and maybe we should more um, at different times uh, as the, well as the Spirit leads. But uh, the reason uh, I wanted to do that is, uh, is so that we, it is so easy to focus on the things that are happening that are negative, you know. Uh, obviously, COVID is negative, uh, and sometimes the things we have to do because of COVID we don't like, uh, so we view that as negative. Obviously, the people that we've lost—that's a negative feeling and a heavy feeling. And sometimes, you know, if you can understand, there is—we've um, talked about this, you know, at different times of of just sometimes these feelings of oppression and. Um, you're feeling something that is an actual worldwide oppressiveness, 
which is in the form of a COVID-19. And it's, it feels heavy, it feels hard. This is not a debate about should you wear a mask or should you not. That, that doesn't, that's not in this conversation. The conversation is, is how we're feeling uh, through this. And, and also, um, it's so easy to become so focused on the negative that we miss what God has been doing through all of this. And you say, you might say to yourself, well, it doesn't feel like, I, you know, Job didn't feel, maybe feel that way either if you've ever read the book of Job. But Job always found things to, be, to, to focus on the goodness of God, even when he had all these people who were righteous people coming around and giving him some advice that I have found as I've read Job. Boy, that sounds something that I would say, but in the midst of when you get to the end, uh, all that advice that they were giving them was, was really nothing compared to what God was doing in the midst of this. And so... We are in no way, shape, or form living a Job's life right now, but we are going through some hard times. And how we handle and how we process through these times that we're going through are very important. Um, I would like to say that COVID will be done in 2022. As soon as January 1st hits, all of a sudden, just it evaporates or something, you know? But I, honestly, that's probably not going to happen. We're probably going to have to process through this, you know, longer and then how we get through this so how we get through this is important because most a lot of people because of the the disease and the the virus have have been isolated and that isolation has become something that um for some people has gotten far more comfortable than it should be because it's it's not just isolating because of a virus it's now gotten comfortable to isolate just because i don't want to deal with anything anymore and so I shut myself off to everything else. And so I was so happy when, um, and <clears throat> just to give you just a brief, there was a difference from when my dad was transferred from one place to another. And when he was transferred to another place before he passed away, um, there was a difference in the atmosphere of that second place than there was at the first place he was at. And the atmosphere of the second place really began to restore dignity and humanity to someone who was suffering uh, from very serious COVID. And we need to remember that we need to keep our humanity. We need to keep the dignity of people who are suffering and not allow fear to keep us from even sometimes making just a phone call or dropping something off on somebody's porch. I'm not telling you to go into a dangerous situation. I'm telling you that there are ways that we can still keep in contact with people who are suffering from, from whatever. And it's as simple as phone calls. It's as simple as dropping stuff off on porches for people who need something. It, it, it's that easy. It really is. And so these types of things spur hope instead of hopelessness in the lives of people. So if you're suffering from something you're afraid of and you're fearing that you may die from it and you can't be around people you've always been able to be around, that thing can really, you know, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually weigh you down and heavy. And we do have an enemy, I guess, I don't know if you've ever known that, but we do have an enemy who likes to take advantage of different things and pile on the hopelessness. And so we are the body of Christ. And so this simple little message today is simply this. We're getting ready for 2022. And um, I, I don't believe that 2022 is, is the year of 
heaviness and oppressiveness to continue. Uh, I'm believing that there's going to be a breakout uh, of the church in this year. I, I believe that there's going to be a resurrection, uh, a resurrection that models the resurrection of Jesus, but it's going to be the resurrection of the church coming back to the place that it was supposed always intended to be. Now, there have been some times in the past where, uh, listen, we're human and we're always going to make mistakes. I don't get that. So when you run into somebody in a church that maybe is not as nice as you should be, you don't get to use that as an excuse to say church is just full of hypocrites. That's just silliness. You don't do that with restaurants. You don't do that with anything else. But we do that with church so that we can make ourselves excuses to not coming back to the place that's actually going to lift us up. Okay? So a sign of immaturity is looking at somebody else in a church who may be having a bad day and blaming everybody else for it. You know, I love you, but grow up. Okay? Um, and so I believe that there's a resurrection coming uh, for the church. And I believe, I think that resurrection, it, it's going to feel weird for some people because it's actually a restoration of where the church was always intended and supposed to be at. And so it's going to feel different to religious people. It's going to feel uncomfortable to religious people. But if you will not allow religion to get in the way, you're going to find out that we are actually walking in something that God has always intended it to be. And I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about the church as a whole. And so if you're focused on always negative and isolation, you're going to miss the glory, the goodness, and the challenges that the Lord has for us to overcome in this next year. Amen. And so I want to focus a little bit on Psalm 103. Are you ready? All right. Psalm 103. Psalm 103 says this. It's a, it's a pretty good psalm. It's got 22 verses. You know, it's not too long, but it's not too short. So it's just right in the middle of a good psalm, right, for a Sunday morning. You know, I could have, I, I, it was either that or get through Psalm 119 altogether, you know, try and fit that. And, and I thought, well, I'll, I'll take a break on you. You've been having good Christmases and you're probably tired. So we'll settle with Psalm 103. And Psalm 103 says this, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name, right? So at the beginning of everything, and we hear this in the Lord's Prayer, do we not? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Now, do you think that Jesus was going through some, some frustration and obstacles and persecution in his life, three years that he was in his ministry? Would we agree on that? Yet he starts his prayer out with, our Father who art in heaven, holy or blessed be your name, right? In the midst of everything that he's going through and everything that he may be struggling with, the first and focused thing is that holy is the name of the Lord. David, you, we could probably, you know, if we wanted to, we could go back through everything in David's life and we could find out that David probably went through some struggles, right? He went through some struggles because of what the Lord had called him to do, which is natural for everybody. He went through some struggles because of some stupid stuff he did, and then he went through some struggles because of some sinful stuff that he did, right? And so David, although he was called by God, like Saul was called by God, um, uh, was just as imperfect as, as Saul was, but whenever it came down to it, his heart was always deflected back to the Lord. And in the midst of all of his, the trying times, in the midst of the trying times that he had when he was doing what God had called him to do, you know, he can say something like, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, because my praise and my worship is not going to be dependent on my circumstances. Hear that. My praise and my worship is not going to be dependent upon my circumstances. 
Because my praise and my worship is not going to be dependent on my circumstances. All right? That means no matter what is going on around you, I'm keeping this heart of praise for, towards him. No matter what is going on around, no matter what the and and I'm going to I'm going to reflect the glory of who he is that has been deposited in me. And, and not only am I going to reflect that back to him, I'm going to be this mirror that's going to reflect the glory and the goodness of the Lord to those who are suffering because they may not know how good the Lord really is, even in the midst of circumstances that don't seem like it. Job went through a lot. And I'm, Job may not be a perfect guy, but he reflected the glory and the goodness of God through his life. You know, you look at people like Joseph in the Old Testament, right? Has the dream, visions and dreams of what God has, has said is going to happen to him. And everybody else rejects the visions and the dreams that have been given to Joseph. And so because of that, Joseph is going through so much stuff, right? To finally he goes from the prison to the palace in a matter of seconds because he can interpret a dream. Because he stayed kept his focus on the Lord his God and did not let the circumstances of his life determine who he was going to give glory to and how he was going to live his life by, with integrity. Okay? I'm not talking about perfection. We all miss it. And sometimes we miss it really good. Okay? But too many times we focus on how much people miss it and we miss the resurrection of what God is wanting to do in the midst of bad or tough times. And so as you're looking at this, I want to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I'm not going to let the stain of the world, I'm not going to let any of this other stuff stop me from blessing his holy name. And here's what, so the beginning of everything, I'm going to bless his holy name and then guess what I'm, I'm not going to do? I'm not going to forget his benefits. Because the Lord is good no matter what, but the Lord does not come with, without a benefit package, let me tell you. I, you remember, I, we've talked about this before, and I've used this example. I, I remember growing up and first getting my job, probably in, in, I've had jobs in the 80s, but the 90s is where I got a job that had benefits. Remember the benefits of the 80s and 90s, where it's almost like you could go to the hospital for the cold and they'd do something and you'd still get money back because insurance was that good. Remember that? Yeah, back in the day, right? Okay. But somehow down the road, the benefit package shrinks a little bit here and there and all of a sudden we were getting really angry because we had to pay 10 bucks a month for our insurance. It's a different day today, isn't it? I want you to know that the benefit package of the Lord never shrinks. As a matter of fact, it, it expands. And look what he says here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits, right? And these are his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. The word iniquities, vile perversions. The Lord forgives them. I see some people have a hard time with that. They have a hard time with... Uh, actually, what they have a hard time with is they have a hard time with believing that the Lord can forgive other people their vile perversions. I had a guy tell me one time, um, we were having a talk, and uh, I wasn't really talking. Um, I think I was just listening. But by virtue of what I do, sometimes conversations come up that I don't bring up. You ever have that happen? 
as a believer, you walk in and the first thing people want to say is something about Jesus or something about Christianity or something about the church and all you did was wipe your feet on the mat and take off your shoes, <laughs> being respectful. And all of a sudden this stuff starts to come and hit you and I, I was one of those things in the house and they're like, the, the, the idea of forgiveness came up. And the idea was, oh, I, I get so sick and tired of hearing you say this little prayer and all of a sudden God's going to forgive you of everything that you've ever done. And I'm just like, there's a time to confront stuff and there's a time not to confront stuff. Because sometimes people are baiting you into a fight that you're never going to win because they don't want to be convinced of anything. They just want to tear you down. And so I'm like, yeah. And I just let it go. It, it, it didn't challenge my faith. I wasn't like, well, man, was, maybe it was right. I was like, this, this person is hurting and wounded from so many things, stuff that has happened and stuff that is done, that he's not looking for any type of, he is looking for reconciliation, but he's not looking for, not really looking for reconciliation. So deep down in the issues of his heart, he does want to be reconciled, but trying to pass through the emotions of his life, it's just, it's not finding a place, <laughs> right? And so reconciliation comes out as a warped sense of justice. When the heart is looking to be uh, healed, but the emotions are looking for vengeance, then that transforms into vengeance. When the heart's looking for reconciliation, it comes out into vengeance. And so all of a sudden, they start saying, people start saying things, mean things, all those different kinds of things, when actually they're really crying out for help. And so sometimes there's a time to take a step back, and it's not ready to, to pop that <laughs> yet. And sometimes it's a time to engage, and usually when nobody else is around. Most of the time when you're going to engage somebody that is angry, it needs to be done in private. Because that's, that's where the enemy has a harder time. Because in the group, the enemy is going to start throwing things at other people and, and, and bring sides, right? And so it's the sharks and the jets from what side the story. And then everybody starts dancing. It gets weird. And nobody wants to be a part of that for Christmas, okay? You know what I'm talking about, you closet musical people, okay? All right. So, nobody wants that. But when you get people alone, then you can start talking about the benefits of the Lord and what forgiveness really is. Because deep down, they're really looking for healing, reconciliation, and help. They just don't know how to get there. And all they can reflect on are the negative things that have happened in their life. Or maybe it's you. Let's forget about the other people. Maybe it's us. Maybe we're so focused on the negative things that have happened in our life and we just can't get over it that we have forgotten the forgiveness and the healing that the Lord extends to his people. So before you can preach about it to other people, you have, have to experience it for what it is. To some degree. To some degree. You don't have to experience everything somebody else. I, I don't have to go to a bridge and jump off the bridge so that I can have experience in telling somebody else not to jump off. I can, I can talk to that person about the benefits of still living without having experience trying to jump off a bridge. You know what I'm saying? So some, we've all been through stuff. And, and how we deal with it and, and, and letting the Lord deal with it, when we've let that happen to ourselves, not wholly 100%, but have allowed the Lord to touch some things, we can begin to reflect that to other people. Okay, because he forgives 
all your iniquities. Now, this iniquity, these, these, these vile perversions and stuff like that, um, this is the stuff that affects the heart and soul. So we have the body, the soul, and the spirit. Now, may the God of peace sanctify your entire spirit, soul, and body from 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 or 26. So we know that we are created. Let us make man in our own image, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? Spirit, soul, and body. And the things that we have inside of us, you know, uh, the spirit is dead, basically without the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happens when we become believers. And then you have, so when you have come and met Christ and he has forgiven you from your sins, your spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit lives with inside you and there's a regeneration of things that happen within the spirit. Now, the soul, on the other hand, is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your desires, and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes that stuff has been warped by the things that have happened to you, by the world, or this, that, and the other. And so the, in the, the realm of the soul lies this other word called sanctification. And sanctification is, this, is, is, is the journey of working out what has happened in my spirit when I met Jesus. Okay, so sanctification is going to play itself out in the soul because, you know, there's when I got saved, there are some things that changed immediately, like my mouth got washed up a little bit. I wasn't saying all of those four letter words that I used to say before I met Jesus. That seemed to really dry up like that. You know, drinking till I got drunk took me about six months. Right. And then there are other things that even now the Lord is still working on me on. But all that stuff resides, for me, and I think the scripture, in the, in, the, in, the, in the soul, where the mind, the will, and the emotions, where everything has been touched by something else, and usually negatively. And so now, how I used to react when people would say, my, my, my uh, tripwire words, right? When somebody would say something that would trip me into a rage, you know, I'd become like the Hulk, I may turn green, but I don't get the muscles, you know? <laughs> Anger, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes, sometimes the Lord is exposing different things. He's, he's not just healing me right away of anger. He's showing me as, as I'm walking through this what those trip wires are and how I got there. Because, he, because the anger and the reaction is a fruit of a, of a deeper wounding that has become a root inside of me. And the Lord is not looking about changing this this fruit of anger into a fruit of, of an apple right away. He's, because if you plant an apple tree, you're going to get apples. If you plant an orange tree, you're going to get oranges. If I plant a root of bitterness, I'm going to get bitterness as a fruit. So the Lord is taking that healing all the way back to where the root was first put in my life. Because he wants to heal it at that moment. You say, Steve, that, is that, that sounds a little weird to me. That's because you don't understand how big God is. You understand that God exists outside of time, that time is a concept that God created. So he's not bound by it, okay? So why I myself can't go back to the 80s, I've tried, the, I, I've looked at DeLoreans, they don't do what they did in the movie, I'm telling you, so don't waste your money. Okay, so um, you can't really get back to the 80s or 70s or whatever but my God exists outside of time so time is like this this little film roll 
of the beginning and the end. Remember, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He looks at time like this. So the Spirit of the Lord can do amazing and wondrous things in my life. And what he can do is he can take all the hurt and the emotions that happen in this moment of time and he can change it into my future if I will submit to the sanctification process and the journey that he's taken me on. So whatever has happened to me back then, I can't go there and maybe punch that person out or I can't do this or blah, blah, blah. But what the Lord can do is take care of the bitterness that was implanted in that moment and change it and replant a root for me that produces a fruit that's in accordance with the goodness of who he is. So he forgives all my iniquities and he helps me and teaches me how to forgive others as well even from that point. Sound good? Okay, let's eat. No, no, a little bit more. All right. <laughs> Lastly, let's just look at some of this stuff. And he heals all your diseases. I said that one time. And there was someone who was not really knowledgeable in the Bible but passionate for the Lord who said, I don't believe that. I'm like, What? I don't believe that because they thought I was just saying something cliche. They didn't know I was quoting from Psalm 103. Once again, they were, they were getting an idea of God through their experiences on earth. That becomes a problem because now you're, def- now you're serving a, a limited God. The problem of, of trying to see God is when we see him through the, how limited we really are. See, there is a different world out there, and I'm not talking about aliens, and I'm not talking about Mars, and I'm not talking about space. There is a spiritual world out there. You know, as, as, as Joma, I think Joma was saying that, you know, God created the heavens, right? He's not bound by the heavens, but he created the heavens. He's bigger than even those things that he created that we don't get to see yet. And so this is a big God that we serve, Okay. This is a big God that we serve. And so he is, he, he goes far beyond anything that we could ever hope or imagine and he heals all of our de- diseases. And so when I look at certain things, I say, well, he didn't heal my dad. So I hate God. If you don't believe that there is a heaven out there or if you don't believe that there's a hell down there, they're not really geographically located. That's just, you know, it's not north and south. It's just, anyway, never mind. Then you're going to have a hard time understanding God in this earth. See, death is not failure. And when you look at uh, this through your limited scope of the earth, you tend to think that if somebody dies, it's a failure. And if somebody lives, it's a win. That's not how God sees stuff. Because death is not the end anymore. Death is the transition into a better life, a better benefit package, where, you know, I'm not taking all this extra baggage with me, you know? The, the, there's gonna be a little extra dust left for me when I go, I understand that, but I'm not taking that with me when I go to heaven, okay? So as I, as I think, it, we think about the loved ones that we have lost, you know, and 
We feel bad, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope. Why? Because we know that they're in a better place. And we talked a little bit about this last week, that there's going to be such a joyous reunion someday, whether it's at the time when we, Jesus hasn't come back yet and, and, and we've left this earth. It, when I die, it's not a failure. It's a promotion. And so if I focus on the idea that there is this glorious world out there that is achieved, that, is, that, that people go to who are in Christ, the Bible speaks of, that Jesus talked about, that Paul got to experience and talk about, that lets us know that, hey man, don't allow hopelessness to rule your day here. Understand that your life is but a vapor and then you're with Jesus. And so death is not a failure. Death is nothing to be f- afraid of anymore because of the goodness of Jesus. And there are times when God heals dramatically. We've seen it in this church. We've seen it in other places, what God has done. Now, what we can't do is figure out the formula, right? We're always searching for a formula. How are we gonna get this person healed? There's gotta be a certain amount of things I do. It's gotta be said, hey, listen, man. I believe that God is a healer. I believe that God heals today, and I believe God heals supernaturally. I've noticed that God doesn't heal everybody, but I've left those decisions into God's hands. And I believe, like we just spoke about, that maybe it's their promotion. Maybe they've done what they've called to do. Maybe they serve God more in their death than they will in their life. And so I leave those things up to God. But I pursue everything that I can of what God wants through healing. And then this is, and then we'll, we'll, we'll just finish these last two verses. And then, he, then this is the other thing he does is he redeems your life from the pit. Now, the pit is either a cage or a lion or hell. And I'm pretty sure he's talking about hell here. He redeems your life from the pit. Because before Christ, before God intervened, you had no choice in your destination. None. It was, you might as well eat, drink, and be merry because when you die, right, to the pit you go. And all of a sudden, God has orchestrated this idea of of redemption, this thread of redemption, starting in Genesis chapter 3. It goes all the way throughout the Bible and ends in the book of Revelation. So the story of redemption starts in Genesis chapter 3 because that's where the story of separation started. And as we look at this, there was them getting kicked out of, of Eden was not because of a curse. It was actually a blessing. Because had they eaten from the tree of life before redemption started, they would have been forever under the curse. And so he moves them out. For what purpose? Because he's got this thing of redemption that's going to happen for mankind. And he speaks about it in the Old Testament, and he confirms it in the New Testament. And as you're looking at this, so he redeems my life from the pit. So this is what God has done. He has given everybody, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord now can be saved. Why? Because God has done what he needs to do to make sure that you don't have to go to hell. And he's done it through his son, Jesus. Anybody who goes to hell does not go to hell because God sent them there. People go to hell because they've rejected what God has done to be in fellowship with him. It's as simple as that. There's not many ways to get to God. There's, not, there's one. 
And he confirms it. Jesus even confirms it. Narrow is the gate, but broad is the way of destruction, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the way, I, he's the resurrection and the life, right? So listen, you, if you've been tinkering around with this idea that there, you can get to Kevin many different ways, no, you can't. Because if you could, that would make the father a child abuser for what he made Jesus go through. See, what you don't understand is how serious your sinfulness really is and how seriously God took it to deal with it, right? And so the only one that has risen, after, risen from the dead on behalf of mankind to please the Father has been Jesus. And he sits in the throne. And he bids you come. And he's sitting on the throne not casting stones of con condemnation. He's sitting on the throne saying, come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. He's saying those words. There is gonna come a time of judgment, but that's when he, that's the final. Right now, he's not hurling any stones. He's saying, come, come. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, right? Lastly, we look at things, and then, you know, he redeems my life from the pit, and if that's all he ever did, that would be great, right? But then he does something else. He crowns me and you with loving kindness, with tender mercies. He's like, he's not like, okay, I redeemed you from the pit. You better behave yourself because I'm coming back, and I don't want to deal with any of this stuff anymore, right? That's not what he does. He's like, I've I, I redeemed your life from the pit, you know, like, but, and now because we're in this relationship, because you believe, I'm, I'm going to crown you with loving kindness. You're going to have my love. You're going to have my joy. You're going to have my affection. You're going to have my attention because he's not a father who turns his back on his children. He's a good dad. And he gives you loving kindness and tender mercies. Oh, the, remember the times. Maybe some of you never had these times, but I remember the times. My dad was a shift worker, right? And the times he'd come home from work and I'd still be awake and just running into dad's time. You were so happy to see him. And Jesus stands over Jerusalem. He says, oh, Jerusalem, how I love to take you into my arms like a mother hen with her chicks. But you rejected me like you did the prophets before. That's how he looks towards you. As a, as a mother hen who gathers her chicks. He's a good guy. He loves his kids. And then he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, you just cannot escape the Bible talking to you about eating your vegetables, can you? He satisfies my mouth with good things. In my mind, I'm like, ooh, that's like French silk pie from Village Inn, right? Thank God it's back in Clinton. Woo, free pie Wednesday, right? But the, the other good things are, are going to, like, make me feel like I'm young again, right? They're going to be the things that I eat, but I, I take in that they may not taste like French silk pie, but it's going to be good to my heart and my soul and my body and renew my strength. And so what is he going to give me? Not just carrots and celery with peanut butter in it. I don't know who did that, but I always just licked the peanut butter out and threw the celery away. But anyway, why they still do that, I don't know. But just give me the jar of peanut butter and leave me alone. <clears throat> anyway, the things that he, he gives my mouth that will renew my youth, yes, can be physical things, but a lot of times my youth is determined sometimes by the condition of my soul. And if I'm living in bitterness and anger and resentment, 
I'm going to wear that out in my body at some point. So some of the good things that he satisfies my mouth with is not vengeance, but forgiveness, mercy, love, healing of the heart. I have seen people's entire life and complexion and body change in an instant. I'm, I'm telling you, in an absolute instance, it's the difference of wearing the yoke and the heaviness of a failed life. And then all of a sudden, in an instant, in an instant, they taste and, and feel the forgiveness of God, and it really is true. They are like this little calf that's let out of a stall to run. And it's like they're running on their, their legs for the first time. And I've seen the joy hit their body and all of a sudden things that were going wrong and stuff like that, they've experienced some healing because there's been a connection between the bitterness in their heart and the inflammation or whatever is going on in their body. And God has touched. When he's touched one, it touches the other. I've seen that happen. Walking with limps, getting healed in the heart, and running around in joy, things they couldn't do before because he has satisfied their mouth, their heart, and their soul with good things. Amen? Amen. We want that for 2022. Hey, I don't wait till January 1st. I, I want it now. Right? Amen? Stand with me. Father, I thank you. You are such a good and awesome Father. The Lord, even in the absence sometimes of earthly fathers, we, if, if we will let ourselves search you and let you search us, we will see that even when we felt like we were isolated, we will find that you were there. We just weren't looking for you. You make up so much lack and you overwhelm us with your love. And I pray, God, that you would overwhelm us with your hope and, and, and love and mercy and, and loving kindness and tenderness, Lord, that we would be overwhelmed by that. Throughout this entire year, for the rest of our lives, we would be reminded of your benefits and your goodness towards us. And we would be able to reflect that to a world that's needing hope, hope of Jesus. In your name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you. Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at info.kingdomlife.aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.